1: Welcome into latest edition of ESPN FC. I'm Dan Thomas, joined by Craig Burley and Ali Moreno. We'll kick things off at the top of the table of the Premier League. Arsenal taking on Manchester City. What a great game this would be. Arsenal certainly the better side in the first half, but a Tommy Asu mistake in the 24th minute would set up Kevin De Bruyne, who with a brilliant finish would make it 1-0. Just before the break though, Edison on Enketia would see Arsenal awarded a penalty. Saka keeping his nerve to convert that. City though, the better team in the second half. Goals from Jack Grealish and Erling Haaland handing Arsenal their first home defeat of the season. And more importantly, from a City perspective, they are now level-on points with Arsenal at the top of the table. So much to digest from this game. Joining us, Frank Leboeuf, Nader Manua. Oh, what a rubbish 24 hours it's been for Julian Laurent. Uh, more from Jules uh, a little later on. Uh, Craig, let's focus so on the, this match. There was a fear it could be kind of an anti-climax.
2: It wasn't. It's was a lot of fun, it's intense. You couldn't really take your eyes off it. No, Arsenal played well in the first half, to your, to your point. Uh, City overcomplicated it in the first half again. To a point, you know, Bernardo Silva, one of your best ball players, effectively playing left back half the time, and and giving, getting booked and giving fouls away, and and Guardiola recognised it, changed it, and City looked better. Second half looked more solid. The bottom line here is Arsenal. I didn't see Tommy Assel playing. I have to. It's not because of the mistake. I didn't see that change happening. That back force played all year. Party was obviously a miss, big miss. City were not brilliant but were supremely clinical. Yeah. And Arsenal got shabby in the second half, particularly Gabriel, particularly that
3: back line. You could just kind of see the wind coming out of their sails as this game went on from Arsenal. I think what happened to Arsenal is that they spent so much energy to, to get back in the game once the Bruyne had scored. And you saw the pressure from Arsenal. I thought that Arsenal reacted very well to that first goal and actually got pressure around the ball and got a lot of numbers involved to try to win the ball back and win momentum back. They get the goal to 1-1, and you're thinking, all right... This is a moment in which perhaps Arsenal are able to maintain and withstand this sort of level of play. But the work that they did to get back into 1-1 almost took the legs out of Arsenal. And so now As the game went on, they couldn't quite pressure the same way that they were able to do in the first half. They couldn't quite create the turnovers. It was Manchester City who was having the possession, and it was Manchester Mm -hmm. City that was pressing higher up the field and forcing turnovers themselves. From then on, Manchester City, the big difference in this game was how good they were in the attacking 18-yard box as compared to Arsenal. Arsenal had their chances. When Manchester City had their opportunities, it was goal, goal, goal. When Arsenal did... Near misses by Enketia. Ah, who, maybe, so close. Not quite what you need at this level. You're a happy man, Adam.
4: No, I don't know what you mean, Dan. It's just a regular, <laughs> oh, regular I'm sorry, Wednesday. Wednesday rubbish. Rubbish. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to get into it too much. No, it was, it was obviously a very significant game for Man City and those who do support them. Because I think going down there today, Arsenal have been very, very good this season. And if they would have put on a strong performance, or sort of continued the performance that it did in that first half, and got the win. That would have felt like a really big statement. Yet instead, you know, they're going to be questions asked about the Arsenal side now, even though they've still got a game in hand to get themselves back to the top of the league. I think for City, the second half in particular is one of the best, I think, I've seen from this season. And that maybe in some ways that's an indictment on how they've been overall. But it felt like a big occasion version of what Man City are. I think they forced a lot of errors from Arsenal in that second half. And to put it into context, I think it, Arsenal didn't get a shot in that second half until maybe the 85th minute. And that's them at home trying to push to try and find something from the game itself. And I thought City did press really well. And when it came down to it, there were clinicals, Ali said. And it felt like a huge result. It's very rare to see Man City celebrating the way that they did at the end of the game. And even though they know the, game, the season isn't over, they did know the importance of leaving a marker down on this Arsenal side. Because to this point, you know, they've been having their own separate battles. But today, it's, uh, it's a good day to be blue, I guess.
1: Yeah, the frustrating thing from an Arsenal perspective, we heard Arteta talking about it afterwards, Frank, that every single one of the goals that City scored, you can pinpoint an Arsenal mistake in it.
5: Well, it's what we call experience, and with experience comes the luck. And that's, uh, that's what happened in football, and that's what happened for, for, for Manchester City. The first goal from, uh, from uh, um, De Bruyne came from a, a mistake, the second one also from Gabriel, uh, and only the third one... Uh, came from uh, a real action from uh, from Manchester City, but you have to count on the experience. And that that's the difference between the two teams. You felt that at some point, as you said, you know, Manchester City was getting better and better, and because of the experience, you know, got the luck on top of it. And uh, and it's a lesson also for well, if I can give a lesson, I don't know for for Mr. Guardiola because uh, Pep didn't play against Tottenham with De Bruyne and Gundogan and didn't win. And those two players weren't fantastic today, but on the three goals that, they, uh, that, that Manchester scored, they were, the, the, the three, they were involved in. You know, De brain in the first one, Goodigan, mm. the assist in the second one, and two of them in the third one. And you cannot play, even if they're not fantastic, with, without the, those two players, because they simply make the difference.
1: Jules, looking at it, as Arsenal will reflect on this, those mistakes apart, where will they feel that they let themselves down?
6: Well, it's hard to to look beyond the mistakes, of course, in a game like this, especially when you play well in the first half, if you give away goals like that against a team like City, it's it's unforgivable and usually you don't come back from it. I think they did well to come back from 1-0 down at 1-1, and then that, that, that second goal, really, and I think the the changes that, that, the, the, the one change that Pep makes, because he got it wrong, really. I don't mm-hmm. think that back three, to start with for City, was a good idea. And, and as soon as there was the change in the second half, then they played much better and they were, they were dominant. And it was very difficult at some point in the second half for Arsenal to even get out of their, of their own half and their own 30 yards, really. So... But, but if you if you look, try to look beyond the, the mistakes. Which, by the way, we saw mistakes from Ramsdale at Everton. They were one on the Brentford goal that should have been saved. But again, I, I think Ramdell was a bit shown sure that, on that Tony goal. So this is not the first time they make those kind of mistakes. And yeah, they're a young team, of course. But you should also learn from the mistakes that you made previously in the season. If you don't learn from them, I think there's a there's a there's a, there's a, there's a problem somewhere. But apart from that, there's also positives there. But you, you saw the, the, the depth in the squads with no party, for example, available. And Jorginho had to start. You basically have Trossard and that's it. Uh, on the other hand, City can make changes, can change the formation, can bring on players like Phil Foden, for example. And, and you feel that again. And again, you can't compare a young team like Arsenal, who's been together 18 months, and the machine that City are after winning four of the last five Premier League titles.
2: Look, they're still a good side, but, but it's a slump. Yeah, it's one point in nine. It's a slump and, and key players still not playing well. You, you said to Jules, what, what was the difference or you know what, what was the problem for Arsenal? I'd say I one of the main ones at both ends of the field was decision-making. Mm. Think about the Zinchenko pass as well in the edge of his box that Bernardo Silva got onto and he, if he played a better ball, Haaland had a, pretty much a, a, a tap-in. So decision-making at the back... Decision-making from the manager, to an extent, with the team selection. A- again, it's Monday, m- Monday morning quarterback, but I think Ben White hooks that into the stand, probably. Right. You know, he's just in centre-half playing it right back. But also decision-making in the final third against this city side. Eddie Nketiah, he's been great. Ali mentioned the two headers that he had. There was the ball Georgino put him through in the first half. And he should see Martinelli. And he squares it, Martinelli has got a one-on-one. He doesn't see it, he goes for the shot, it gets blocked. Shaka going through in the second half. I mean, there's two or three occasions, but Shaka going through. He's got Trossard on his left. He dallies, he dallies, he dallies. And then Diaz gets an easy challenge. And when when they had a two-on-one, you can't allow... City didn't have all that. City had those chances they had and went bang. So the difference is decision-making in key areas of the field... And City's experience made better decisions today. Uh, we saw Kevin De Bruyne. How good was that finish, by the way, from Kevin De Bruyne? Um, <laughs> not easy. You am right. oh, Seriously, not easy. Not easy. And he hasn't had a great season, has he? No. But <laughs> And wasn't having a great game. No, and Pep's gone back to experience. And I mean that experience. All the players have experience. But he's gone back to big hitters in the last couple of games. I, I just, like Jules, I just didn't like the way they were set up in the first half. And that back line, I mean, Bernardo Silva yeah. continually going yeah. back there. Who could the have back... sent off, really, for all the right. challenges. Could have done. Uh, and he is one of your, when he goes in the middle of the park, you get that extra body and he's great on the ball. So, City got it right in the end. Yeah. But Arsenal, the questions are going to come thick and fast. Did the word... you, you say penalty,
1: penalty, yeah? Yes. Yeah. Boys, anyone out there who doesn't think it's a penalty? Nope. No, that's all right. No, there we go. <laughs> All right, then good. We can move on. We, oh no, he do not oh, even have to no. show it. We, we
4: think,
1: have the, Stevie rang me and said
2: it's not a penalty, okay. by the way. I think we should get. A, I think we should get a call to the nickel household. <laughs> uh, no, no, look. And again, you go back, and the, I heard them talking about it in the commentary. Is why should it be different in the box for a goalkeeper, right? Than any other outfield player who'd cleaned that player out, say in the fullback position or in the middle of the park, Eddie Nketa knocks it past, say, Kyle Walker, and he jumps into him. What's it going to be? It's going to be a free kick. And
3: beyond that is a late reaction from Ederson. If you're going to come out, you have to go get a touch on the ball. And if indeed you come out late, you can't come out this way with sort of like your hands-down pencil-type formation. I, I don't know exactly what he's trying to do, but he's not making himself bigger by doing that in a tight angle as well. So the whole play for Ederson, the, the late decision, the way that he came out, the, may, the way that he made the challenge is out of control. It's a penalty, there's
4: no doubt about it.
1: Uh, Nathan, Erling Haaland, always a point of debate, always a point of discussion. How would you rate his performance today?
4: Well, he scored a third goal, so, you know, I guess he did pretty well. Um, it's, it's one of those weird ones. Like, I think at times with players like him, they can go throughout the game and not feel like they're having the biggest sort of impact. we you'd just be more than happy to have him just out there in general. And then, lo and behold, as soon as Kevin De Bruyne gets played in, who's the ball and who does it fall to? It's him. I thought it was a great first touch and such a sharp finish. It was so quick that Ramsdale didn't even have time to dive. So, ultimately, you know, he's, he's not had the best of games, but he's done exactly what the club needed him to do. He's held the line whenever he could. He's taken the ball at the field whenever he could. And he stepped up in the biggest moment and scored the game, which basically killed scored the goal, which basically killed the game. So it was far from perfect, but it was more than enough today, I'd say. I'm,
3: I'm going to disagree Dan. with Nadum in that I think Erling Haaland was actually excellent today. Right. Because the game called for something different today. It called for him to be banging in between the two center backs, to fight, for the long ball to be played to him, and for for him to be able to, to fight enough to hold on to it, to then allow Manchester City to come out. If, Arsenal is going to pressure. You need to find that outlet. And he was always willing to at the very least make it difficult for the centre-backs. So by the end of the game, you see Gabriel on the ground complaining about a contact with Erling Haaland. You see centre-backs that are uncomfortable with him and he's able to always create that. If you keep feeding him the ball, he's going to fight for you. He's going to be more effective for you and he's going to be more motivated to make those runs. You continue to feed him, this guy's going to be more effective, more efficient for you as a player. I thought it was a great bathroom ram yeah, for, for him. Right. I think in the end he was in the head of the two centre yep. halves, and
2: and we talked about it yesterday. You know he's not he's not really here to batter Southampton, is he? In teams like that, it's yeah. these big games, and he stepped up again. But you think about the you know some food for thought for the Arsenal centre halves. The last two games they've played two big powerful front lines. Brentford was Embouma, but more so Ivan Tony, and they struggled defensively. Today was Erling Haaland. And at times they struggled with that, that power and that physicality. Mm-hmm. So that's some food for thought for Saliba and Gabriel. Gabriel, by the way, who got lucky on the Haaland uh, offside side, as well, because yeah. he got completely out of muscle. He gets too tight. He'll say, well, I was playing him offside. Cods wallop. Right? He, got, <laughs> he got lucky. He's trying to get wrong side. He's trying to get in a fight. You get in a fight, you've got to be clever as a centre-half. There's no point in getting into a brawl with the Ivan Tonys and Erling Haalands of this world, because they're going to put you off your game. You got to just take up better positions. They've been great all season, but recently they're getting found out. Go on, Frank.
5: Yeah, I, I, I'm with the guys. You know, I think the more you serve him, you're, the more he's going to be useful. And I think because I followed the game, you know, sometimes I see on his body language that he gets frustrated. And the day is going to be really frustrated. It's going to change, you know, something to the to his um, to his behavior maybe to to the atmosphere as well because they, they don 't use him enough for me they should him, should use him a lot more you know uh, maybe for, for him to get the ball, but they go around him still like the Manchester City knows to, how to do they don 't use him enough, and at some point, I think the guy can get upset so it's a, it's a tight situation for Guardiola, and I think he, he will have to adjust a certain uh, at some point you know the way they 're going to use him or. Ignore him. That's the main concern that I have about Alan. Uh,
1: but that third goal was so good, wasn't it? Like, that, to, that, to, everything happens so quickly, yeah. but for him,
2: obviously, it happens in a way that he's in complete control of everything. Well, I tell you, once he took that first touch, I thought, oh, yeah. in, in a split second, I thought, that's gone. Mm-hmm. And then before you know it, he swiped that big right leg round yeah. and, and battered it in the corner. Fantastic finish. As I say, he was in a similar position when Zinchenko gave the ball away that, that Bernardo Silva should have found him. He got frustrated actually with that and the, and the chance was gone. But City will play around and probably not use him as much as we think because that's the way they play. But as long
3: as he gets his goal or his goals as a striker, he's going to be happy. It, it, it was surprising that he actually took that first touch. I thought he was allowing that ball to come across his body to, so that he can hit it with his most comfortable left foot. He takes that first touch in a very tight area, and I'm thinking Gabriel is going to clean him out. But he was so quick to react. And so then you go from, why are you taking the first touch to, this, cla- this guy's world-class. World-class touch, gets away from pressure, finishes to the far post, game,
1: set, match. Um, I'm asking all three gentlemen away from the studio at the same time, does anyone still think Arsenal are going to win the title? No, oh, because... made you know him yeah. shut yeah. up. I think shut <laughs> up, Nathan. <laughs> <later>. Put your <laughs> hand down. Don't give us that yeah. rubbish. Yeah. No one's believing you for a <laughs> second. <laughs> but then, why are you asking me the now, question then, you know, you know, Dan? You know, well, 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 because I know you're talking nonsense, <laughs> really.
4: Mm, maybe, maybe not.
1: Go on, Frank.
5: No, I, 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 really, think, I really think that's... The, uh, the chance of Arsenal is gone since they lost against Everton because of what's going on in the midfield, in the midfield area where party every time he doesn't play, they, they're not balanced. And on top of it, we don't have the Shaka that we used to have, uh, and we had this season, and Odegaard as well. The, uh, the, the implication, the involvement of those players right now is not at the same level that it used to be. And when you lose the battle of the, of the, uh, in the middle of the park, you lose the game, and it's what is going on right now. They're not as good as they were, it's why maybe they're not as performant as they, as they were.
1: Next up for Arsenal, Jules, away against Aston Villa. This is a big, big game now, isn't it?
6: Yeah, it's massive against Unai Emery as well, uh, by oh, the yeah. way, and I think this is where you see or not the reaction, because we said one, one point of the, the nine, out of, of nine the last three games, you lost to Everton because you were not you didn't respond to how aggressive they were, you were not in the game at all. You drew the game against Brentford where okay the goal their goal should have been slapped, but before that they were better than you anyway. So the, the draw was a fair result. And then today you play well the first half, we say, but you, you give goals away and in the end you don't deserve anything really from the game. So that's the reaction that you have to have on Saturday now. And yeah, they lack a bit of sharpness. I think that some of them are tired because they've played so much. There's no rotation really in that team at all, certainly in the league. Because again, we said the depth in the squad is not as important as a, as a city squad, for example. So they will have to go and grind out results now as well, which is something that they didn't really have to do in the first half of the season. So this is something that they have to do now. And we will have to see, and, and maybe that Villa game... It's almost as important as the one tonight. Not as mm. important, but almost, because this is the reaction that they need now. And if they don't get the reaction on Saturday, yeah, then I think, yeah, it, it probably will be gone. But if they get a reaction, then it's still in their own hands. And I think they can still go and win it,
1: of course. They've got a good run. Villa, Leicester, Everton, Bournemouth, Fulham, Palace, Leeds.
2: Yeah. You know, you couldn't really ask for a better run of, form, of run of fixtures to try and get your form back. Look, it's, no point, it's not throwing the towel in time. Sure. You're in that dressing room, you're in a title race, you've still got to play City, okay, away. Uh, You've hit the buffers a little bit, but this was never going to be the invincible side. Never, never going to happen. They're just just not good enough and not experienced enough to do that. So this period was always going to come. It was just a matter of when was it going to come. Right. So I suppose in some sense, if they can put it behind them now and crack on, that's much better than it happened late in April. You know, right towards the death or whatever, as the season's going to go a little bit longer this year, a little bit later. But I, I agree with Jules. This weekend is a pivotal moment. Yeah. You roll your sleeves up, you pick yourself up, and you put a marker down against the Villa side that you can get at, and you say we're not going to go away. But if they go, if it's a bad result for them. I'm afraid going, I think it'll be difficult to pick themselves up in that, that game. Obviously, Jules picked, picked it up. And the point that the depth in squad
1: between mm. the two teams is, is so different.
3: Y- yes, it is. And, and Mikel Arteta was asked about his team and the sense of belief. And he says, I believe even more now than I did before. Well, of course, you're going to say that. Yeah. But he knows that he's short. He knows that. When it comes to making changes, he doesn't quite have the same options that, obviously, Manchester City has. But more to the point, Craig mentioned experience, Frank mentioned experience, I'll go ahead and mention experience again. And the reason I say that is because this is the first time in the season, really, that you're going to start hearing noise around Arsenal that is not positive, that is not patting you in the back, that Eddie Enquete you have been so good, that Martin Goldegaard you have been so good. No, no. Now there's going to be a criticism that wasn't there before and a noise of doubt that wasn't there before. This is when I think experience is important, that you're able to put that to the side, that somehow you're able to ignore that, that everybody that was telling you you were so great, now not so much. That message is changing. Can you stop it with performances on the field? If they answer that question against Aston Villa this weekend, maybe they get this momentum back. If they don't, it's over. I think in some sense, the, small, the smaller tight-knit
2: squad has actually been the mechanism that's made them as good as they've been sure. because of the continuity and the players that have been in form. But it's also, in some sense, going to be their Achilles heel if players are starting to get tired or fatigued or underperforming to the standards that they've set in the first four or five months of the season then that's where the difficulty comes in. I I really like the continuity in team selection. I think it's been great for them to play that way. But then you've got to look at the batteries. Can they go a whole season with, say, 15 players that they're selecting from? And at the moment, the answer is looking like probably not.
3: I think... Craig, what you just said there about the lack of legs for this team, for a team that likes to pressure, it is what they do, right? This is the way they want to play. They want to go pressure higher up the field. They want to create 1v1 situations and duels. If you're going to do that, you need to have freshness. You need to have depth in order to get those numbers around the ball. Today we saw when they got tired, Manchester City were able to knock the ball around, they struggled. If this continues to happen, it will be a problem for Arsenal. I'm going to humor him. I'm going to do it. Okay.
4: Nathan, why are Arsenal going to win the league then? Oh, all right. Oh, OK. Um, I think because if this is going to be their bad spell, I think there's still time for them to be able to address that. And from the Man City standpoint, they've obviously shown something pretty good today, but I don't think they've done anything so far over the season. It almost makes us... They almost guarantees they'll go on the runs that they have done in the years gone by, where they're winning five to ten games back-to-back. I think it's, they are capable, but it just doesn't feel as likely. Whereas I think for Arsenal, if their bad spell is now as opposed to towards the end of the season then they're definitely in with a chance. I mean, they're they're joint top of the table now with a game in hand. They could be back to top, but within the next 10 days or however long it is. And then when they go and play City at the Etihad, again, as Jules mentioned, you know, people say it's just in City's hands. It's also in Arsenal's. They have that potential for three points. And a win at the Etihad will make that whatever it needs to be in that moment. So I still have a belief in them because they showed something today, which I think lots of teams in the Premier Premier League will struggle to play against. But in this particular instance, playing against the Man City side, who feel like they've been there and done that and managed all these big games. because it's For City, it feels like it's five, six enormous games every season. So I think they did that today. But I think for Arsenal, I think it starts on the weekend against Villa. They get a result. And then before you know it, they can be in a calmer dressing room because things could be looking up again.
1: They're in a great position. Hmm. I mean, it hasn't gone for. Yeah, they're all tired. You haven't got any players anymore.
7: That's
2: it. <laughs> Listen, they can't score. We're all tired when it gets to, like, the crunch point of the season. You're tired got, now, <laughs> 24 minutes into the show. <laughs> <laughs> no,
7: not all.
2: I thought it was 50. But, you know, they're in a great position. I, you know, if I saw a player, if, if I saw a player, a teammate of mine coming in with a chin on the floor, you know, 24 hours later, 48 hours later, I would be hammering them. Right. He, there's not a time to feel sorry for yourself. Yeah. you got to, These things happen, right? Bad results happen. Mistakes from Tommy Asu happen. Mistakes from Gabriel, they happen. It's how you pick yourself up. And I think from Arsenal's perspective, they've got to get their backsides back in there, smile on their face, get sharpness again, get training again, and start going and getting some results. They're a better team than almost all the other ones around them. There's no reason they shouldn't be getting results. But if they start going into training and... They're starting to feel sorry for themselves, one or two. That's going to be a problem. I don't know where this glass half full guy came no, from, but it.
1: Yeah. welcome.
2: It is <laughs> yeah. beautiful well, because, to, because to have you know, here. Listen, I, when, in my time at Celtic, they were writing us off. And, you know, at one point, they were writing Rangers off. Then they were writing us off. Then the press were on our back. Yep. You've got to go in the dressing room, and you've got to get everybody gelled together yeah. and kick on.
1: That's why you got player of the Year. Well,
2: there just you, just to you go. Yeah. Little, I mean, that Everyone's positive
1: energy, optimism. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll finish the segment by saying, congratulations, Frank. Who got the prediction right for this game? He wanted to make sure that we mentioned. What that. Did
5: you- <laughs> 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 and, and I, li- I like the, 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 the fact you did, but I didn't know what the main question is. Do oh. is it one of us believing what Nadem said was truthful, or he was just being diplomatic? Uh, we our, very so much know that it was the training. latter.
1: <laughs> very much the latter in that. Oh, Thank course. you very much, Frank. Uh, just a reminder, e- extra time uh, will include Frank, whether we like it or not. Uh, you can check that out over on YouTube.
0: Did you know less than 10% of Americans own an e-bike? Here's why that should change. Studies show e-bike owners actually end up exercising more, plus getting outside more. If you're looking for a balanced lifestyle and everyday adventures, you need to check out Electric e-bikes. They are the number one selling e-bike brand in America. Their bikes are typically foldable, pre-assembled, and have serious range up to 150 miles on some models. Check them out today at electricebikes.com and add some more adventure to your week. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-Bikes.com.
1: Right then, Champions League action today. Borussia Dortmund taking on Chelsea. It will be Dortmund who would beat Grand Potter's side by one goal to nil. Uh, nil. Adeyemi with incredible individual goal, which proved to be the difference between the two sides. Once again, Chelsea had plenty of chances but failed to find the back of the net. Uh, Frank and Jules uh, with us. Frank, it's the same thing every time. It is,
5: Dan, and, uh, and <laughs> it seems to be that it's impossible to sort out. But I have to say that this may be the best game I've seen Chelsea playing for a big while, I would say, and maybe under, under Graham Potter. Um, the, it was very uh, balanced the first half, but I think Chelsea was better the second half and deserved to win. But as you said, when you have 21 shots on goals and you can't score a goal, and I think if Joe Felix was absolutely superb in the game, creating the chances, it was pretty... Let's say unlucky, maybe clumsy, in front of the, of the goal. Defensively, they were good. I, th- I, th- I thought Koulibaly had a great game with Thiago Silva. It already worked, worked out very well. But one mistake. Corner kick for you, contract tag, goal, bye-bye. Fantastic uh, run from uh, Adeyemi. But I don't think Chelsea deserve to lose today. It was, I think, a very good performance. But as you said, again, same thing. You have chances. You don't score.
1: It was fun. Right? It was a good game to watch. It was end-to-end, both teams having chances, but the frustrations must be there. So, obviously, people are going to continue to question Graham Potter. Mm-hmm. How much can he do to help his team when they're creating chances but they're not converting? Get his number nine kit on. Right, get, get <laughs> on himself. Put his boots
2: on. Yeah. See if he can put the ball in the back of but the... But how man. much blame really should he have, considering that... Well, the buck stops with the manager. I mean... I, I only had one eye in this game. It was the left eye. Oh, really? That's yeah. that your bad eye. Like. I agree with Frank. The bits that I saw, particularly the second half, I thought Chelsea's build-up play uh, that was actually very good. Uh, but their finishing, you know, Koulibaly was a little bit unlucky Uh the keeper made the save and yes. cleared off the line. Joao Felix should have scored. Yeah, put over he's, the bar. He's, he's, Some of his general play is really good. I mean, he looks like he's got the sparkle back, but he put two of them over the bar in the first half. So, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, The tie's not dead, is it? No. I mean, if they play like that at Stamford Bridge, it's going to be down to the same thing again. Yeah. Havertz isn't a finisher. Felix isn't a finisher. He's a playmaker. Aubameyang's out the door. Yeah. I mean, Brozier's injured. Somebody needs to take the ball in the back of the net. I mean, it's basically quite simple for them.
1: Yeah, and of course, for Borussia Dortmund, it was Adeyemi who put it in the back of the net. From a striker, I know, I know you've got a lot of experience of this, Ali. <laughs> Running with the ball from pretty <laughs> much the length of the pitch. <laughs> like, it must be so difficult to keep your composure after that and do what he
3: did as opposed to just going, oh, I'm back it. No, well, see, y- you are expecting and hoping that at some point the defender, in this case Enzo Fernandez, is gonna try to get a nibble of the ball. It's gonna try to dive in, and when he dives in, that's when you use the change of pace, that's when you use the speed. And that was the mistake of Enzo Fernandez. He was delaying, delaying, delaying. He should have continued to delay it and hope that he was gonna get some help eventually, but he went for a little dip of the shoulder. He went for a little, I think I can get to this ball. And that's the moment in which Adeyemi said, uh, no, you're not. Yeah. That was the change of speed. That's when you see the athleticism gets around the goalkeeper, puts it away. And then just as impressive, the celebration, the inverted flip. I know, to have the effort <laughs> to then do a flip after all of that running. But, but it, to your point, it, it does take patience. It does take some maturity, which you, you wouldn't think Adeyemi would have such a young player but that he doesn't get desperate. He knows that there's going to be a moment in which he's going to cut to the inside or the outside whenever, whenever Enzo Fernandez gives him that opportunity, and he took it so very well. When Enzo Fernandes diving, went diving in for a ball, there was no chance he was going to get to it. How good was that
5: goal, Frank? Oh, that was great. Even if I think Kepa could have done better, he almost touches oh. the ball. But, um, yeah, I, I agree with Ale. I mean, uh, Enzo Fernandez is a midfielder. He's not a, he's not a defender. Uh, to slow down, to uh, try to, to push a little bit uh, Adeyemi, maybe on, the, on, his, left, on the, yeah, his left side, you know, pushing him away from the goal would have been a good idea. But the guy is so fast so fast so it's, you have to make a decision very quickly you're running backwards uh, it's always difficult you're waiting for chago siva to come back but it doesn't doesn't do that that much so at some point you make a decision and you have not even half of a second to make that decision but yeah all credit to the to the player i mean the, the first control was great the the, the pace is great the, the take on is great and the finishing is is great as well so well done man you know well there wasn't a good
2: one player there wasn't one Chelsea player in the defensive aspect of it made a good decision. Right. You should never be caught like that. Yeah. Mm. Don't care how quick you are. And, and once uh, once Enzo Fernandez is one-on-one, he gets the afterburners, Kepa's got him, as Frank said, Kepa's got to make a better decision. Mm. Once he commits, then he's going to go round him, or he's going to give a penalty away. If he backs off, then Adeyemi has to take a strike from it's quite an angle. Yes. Uh, so there was just bad decision-making all around from that defensive aspect, and that's ultimately what,
3: what cost him. There was, there was good decision-making from the referee, oh, Hill yeah. Manzano. Also... There was Osai, said, play on. The recognition that this is, even if you are 80 yards from goal, it's still an opportunity because of a clear counter attack. Beautifully done from Jesus Gil Manzano even more beautiful from Adeyemi.
1: It's interesting from Adeyemi, of course, he's cut quite a frustrated figure, Jules, since making that much hype move to Dortmund, struggled, really struggled in the opening half of the season. That's what, three goals in three now for him, where he was just starting to show the glimpse of the skill that he had as to why he had so much excitement around this signing.
6: Yeah, you're right, completely. He's a completely different player since the restart after the World Cup and the, uh, the, the winter break that he had. Maybe he just needed a bit of time to digest the move and, and get used to Edin uh, Terzic's tactics and Dortmund in the Bundesliga. I don't know, maybe moving him onto the left-hand side was was a good idea and certainly seems to work with him on the left and, and Julian Brandt on the right. And I think this is a team that plays with a lot of confidence. You win 7-7, in seven and, seven, mm. uh, and you play well, you score, you, you attack him wise. They've got so many options, there's a lot of movement. Then I think you pick up that confidence as well, even, even if you're young at the EME and you've been struggling in the first half of the season. So it's good to see that, I guess, all the work that he's put in is paying off now. And now there's that start of consistency, and if he can keep that up, even if he's only 19, he's got so much talent, which was it was never an issue. But... At some point, you can't just rely on your pace, which is what a lot of those young players with a lot of pace tend to do. And if he can evolve a little bit and use his head a bit more and get mature, then I think that pace used right with all the rest, all the other skills, would be devastating.
1: Right, Frank. Chelsea have only scored (gasps) more than one goal in a game. You have to go back to November, the last time they did that. How do they score goals? (laughs) (laughs) I, I don't have the answer for that.
5: I mean, right, it just—it's, yeah, it's, 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 yeah. No, but it's crazy because again, you know, uh, they create chances, and uh, and João Felix has like two chances, crazy chances, and doesn't finish it. Where we know that the the uh, he could do that. Uh, um, Enzo Fernandez the last kick of the game when the, uh, Cobalt uh, saved it. I mean, that was going to the top corner. So maybe it's also a lack of chances. Uh, hopefully, it's going to turn their way very soon, and they can score goals because they can go through. I think they are a better team than Dortmund, but you have to score goals in order to, uh, to, um, to justify that.
2: <laughs> I <know>. No, <laughs> well, I, but no, no. There is a, a portion of blame should be attached to these players, right? Because and the recruitment, surely as well. Well. Like, we've all sat here for so
1: long saying that you need a striker at Chelsea, and they go out and spend all this money elsewhere, yet we're still sat here seeing a void in that number nine But some of the
2: chances they're creating and have created are not particularly difficult chances. I mean, Felix wasn't particularly difficult. Even the one where Emery Chan threw himself in front of it and he tried to whip it in, he's leaning back. That goes over. The one he tried to clip over the goalkeeper. Even the one in the second half that fell at his feet and he had no back left, but he hit it straight to the goalkeeper from, I don't know, 15 yards or so. You, you, it's, it needs... Yeah, they're not natural goal scorers, but they can still do better. It needs more care and attention in the final third. Needs a little bit more composure in, a, in that box to find the corner. Yeah, as Frank said, the keeper every now and again will pop up and make a worldie. You can't do anything about that. But some of these players are going to have to stand up and and... You know, take the responsibility of putting the ball in the back of the net. You can't keep turning around Dan, and saying, "Wow, well, we haven't got DDH but We haven't got these players. Somebody's going to have to do it."
1: I heard it, Dan. I heard
2: it, Dan. I think it's from France.
1: <clears throat> yes. Yeah, Dan. I, I have a
5: question because you put that on the table. Who would you have bought uh, in order to get a striker? Who would you have bought? You know, in a transfer, in a winter transfer. You know, there is nobody free. I mean, not free. Even for 100 million, who you can get who can be the striker for Chelsea? Nobody. Nobody is is available. You want to see men? They don't want to let him go. You won't get Allen. You won't get, I don't know, anybody else. You don't have a striker you can buy. Really. I'm looking for the right striker where you are up. Well, let's say 90% sure he's going to score goals. We don't have any.
1: No, it has got three, to be. Look, I, I don't know. I don't pay any attention to what's going on mostly. But Jules, you do a lot more. <laughs> <laughs> for, for 100 million, surely there is a striker out there that Chelsea could have come who could at least have got them some goals.
6: Yeah, no, I mean, I, I get the point that Frank is making. Of course, if you try to get Ozymane in January, it would be very difficult. The issue I have is that Chelsea didn't try. They didn't even try to get a yeah. clinical striker... In January, and that's my issue. If you try, and you get a no from Oziman or for Napoli, you get a no for Kane, you get a no for Cesco, you get a no. You know, you go young, you go different profiles, even. But but you go for stri- you, you try hard, and then and then you don't get one. It's, it's fair enough. You've tried, and then you you then you you make do with what you have. They didn't even try. They, yeah, they spend 120 on Enzo and 90 on Mudrik and all of that. But at no point they try for a striker, and they're waiting for the summer. They still have Lukaku on their books. I don't know where they're going to go. Obama Young is still there. They're still paying Obama Young a fortune. And the guy is staying at home on his sofa. Like, you know, there's a lot of things in, for that position that has been going on for the last six to seven months. So they will have to fix it at some point. But I agree with Craig. Some of those chances, you don't have to be the best goal scorer of all time. You don't have to be Cristiano Ronaldo, I speak, to score them. So it's just about working and keeping the confidence and, and having that composure in front of goals to, the one that Joe Felix puts on the crossbar, it's almost harder to hit the crossbar than, than to actually put the ball in the goal. So, I mean,
3: come on. Yeah, but it's, it's pointless to discuss about players that are not here. Right. Or that could have been here, but they didn't chase. Yeah. Right? So you ask the question, how do they score goals now? Well, those guys that aren't here are not going to score those goals, right? Right. So, you need more productivity from guys like Mudik. Boy, he's all flicks and tricks has to be more effective. Guys like Ziyech that found good positions today has to be more efficient, more effective in the final third. Find a good cross. Find a good decision. Find a final pass that makes sense so that then if it is tap-ins that you're going to score, then at the very least make decisions that lead you to the tap-in. You keep going with hurts. Well, uh, uh, first of all, you have to refer to him as Mr. Havertz, as Frank does. Oh, really? Yes,
1: why so does Frank... Okay, oh, because he it, always says that when he's being disrespectful. Yes, yeah, so he went, Mr. Havertz, yeah, we you don't want to see you anymore. If you ever call you Mr., Mr. Moreno, you know you're in trouble. <laughs> well, uh, uh, who's going I, for I it?
5: Can't believe that I, can, I, I can't believe that I have to be criticised because I say Mr. before every name. So no, that's you that don't say it before every name. You say
1: it before a name you're going to criticise. <laughs> yeah, That's why you keep saying Mr. Cucurella.
2: <laughs> 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 Craig, who's going for it? <laughs> uh... I'm going to say Dortmund, oh. mm. because I think Chelsea will push. Right, and we saw particularly in the first half, the, the, you know, in the final third, they can shift the ball around, and they've got that bit of pace that Joe's talked about, in Bellingham from the middle of the park. So,
3: so yeah, I'm going to say Dortmund on the counter attack at Stamford Bridge. Mm. You know my current strong ties to the Bundesliga. Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> uh-huh. I'm going to pick Chelsea. Oh, <laughs> Ali, where's the support, Mr. Lebuff? Don't
5: ask me the question. You know, of course Chelsea. You know, <laughs> <laughs> no, no. no, no I, I, I think, I think, <laughs> I think they, I told you. I explained to you. They were better today. They showed that they were better. Yeah, uh, even they bad. finished the, the bars job. Low. Bars score, low, Frank. Yeah, yeah.
1: All right, <laughs> but still Chelsea. <laughs> All right, Joel. is going through?
6: I think, I think if Chelsea can build a bit on what we saw positive today against Southampton, we should, they should smash Southampton at the weekend. And then they spurs away, which is tricky. But if they can build some momentum before the second leg, then I think they can turn it around. Yeah, so I, I said Chelsea.
1: Imagine if they don't score against Southampton. Mm. Crikey! No, uh, meanwhile, there was one other Champions League-, League, what? Champions League game today. Uh, Bruges in action against Benfica. Benfica, of course, going to this game as big favourite. and it would go to the visitors. They win by two goals to nil. Who saw that? You saw this.
3: I saw enough to know that Benfica is much better than Club Brugge and, and they dominated, they created opportunities, they had more chances, they had the better of the ball, they did not miss Enzo Fernandes and what a decision Enzo Fernandes made. Because, I'm going to tell you, Benfica is going to go through. As for Chelsea, I just said that they will, but who knows. Uh, Jules?
6: Yeah, I had one screen on, I mean, I didn't look in details, but Benfica... But were better. Don't worry, you don't have to we, we pretend. Knew Benfica were better before. <laughs> Oh my no, God! Do your job. Better before even, even, without Enzo, that they were better than Bruges. So, <laughs> it's, I mean, Scott Parker is has has a shocking, uh, the team has shocking form since Scott Parker arrives, which is not surprising in itself because he's not a very good manager. I don't know why they appointed him, and now they're going to be knocked out of the Champions League. So you know, you get what you deserve.
1: There we go. Thank you. Anything to add, Frank? Oh, uh, no, no, no. I saw the,
5: uh, the goal Bruce scored. It was an offside, okay, and right, it was good. a fair one. But I, I, I give the chance to Bruce because don't forget that they won not nil. Okay, four okay so like I
1: finished. And Bruce nil, Benfica 2. Uh, Dortmund <laughs> with that 1 0 win. Uh, yesterday, of course, Milan with a what? 1 0 win. You Spurs, had enough. I beat PS, just like the Oscars. <laughs> uh, and next week, sees Liverpool take on Real Madrid. Frankfurt take on Don Hutchinson's Napoli. It's Leipzig against Manchester City, and Inter take on Porto. Ditch the busy work, use Indeed for scheduling, screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash FC. Just go to Indeed.com slash FC right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on the podcast. Indeed.com slash FC, terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
7: Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? A lot
1: of reaction, of course, to PSG's defeat uh, yesterday against Bayern. How to overcome it, to play on words with Kingsley Coleman, of course, scoring once again uh, against his old side. Uh, Interesting stuff. Uh, As we welcome in, uh, Jules is with us, uh, Frank as well. Uh, Jules, I heard you talking, actually, about this game. You used the word embarrassing quite a lot.
6: Yeah, I was was there at the Pas-de-Prince and I just thought, This is not, PSG are not a club that you set up to defend. I mean, I don't care, you might be knocked out, Bayern is a better team than you, of course they are, they play better, but at least you should try. And they didn't try for for an hour until Kylian Mbappé came on the pitch. So could they have tried more? Certainly. Were they limited because Kylian was not there? Yeah, of course, it's not the same team if you have Mbappé with you or if you don't have Mbappé with you, that's a no-brainer. But, but I thought it was embarrassing to set up and play a, a flat defensive 4-4-2 to play in your own 30 yards. Against, against Regardless of who you play against, even a very brilliant Bayern team. And by the way, Bayern were not brilliant. They were, mm. they, they were better because they are better, but they were not that brilliant. So I was disappointed. I thought it was, it was embarrassing the way PSG set up. I, I've lost faith and patience into Galtier now. He's doing my head in massively, so this is it. There was not much I expected from him, and now I, you know.
7: Uh, what
1: about your boy Neymar, Jules? How many, what marks did you give him out of 10?
6: I gave him three, and I was generous simply because it was his birthday last week, and, you know, he had a big mark in his garden, and it was fun, and he lasted too long because three days later he was in Marseille, and he was shocking in Marseille, and he was shocking again last night. and... Uh, this is not new, I've said it on this show, I don't think the, the, the front three together, Messi, Neymar yeah. and Mbappé can play well together, I think you have to choose, Kylian on his own for sure, two out of the three, maybe, but three impossible, it is impossible, and Neymar is too far away from the form that he has before, he doesn't, he doesn't do anything with the ball. You, you saw on the game on Tuesday night, there's a couple of 1v1 where before, he would whiz past through. He would, he would like almost humiliate you. And now it doesn't happen anymore. Pavard got the ball off him. Upamecano bullied him. De Liert as well, all of that. It's just not, it's the shadow of the player that he was a few years ago. And that's, as sad as it is, it's also a burden for PSG now when he plays.
2: Uh, well, we talked about this last night. Yeah. I mean, in to needs to show some stomach and steel here and biff him off out of the team, right? Even if it, cause, even if it causes a rammy, even if it causes him to be upset and throwing his toys around. We, we said last night, if Mbappe, Mbappe's fit enough and he looks as if he was, as he got more confidence as the game went on, looked a bit edgy when he first came on, worried about the injury, play him and Messi in, in the Allianz, play him up through the middle, play him on Delict, who isn't quick, but you can't have all three of them. You just can't. You've got to give a little bit more help to the midfield. And also, you're playing in last night's game. Not only are you playing that way, you're throwing a 16-year-old in as well. Yes. I mean, yeah. I, I'm not talking about the young lad, as a ta- his talent or anything. But it's a big game to be yeah. thrown. Yeah, with the environment
1: leading into it Correct. around PSG, of course. Now, this is what Kylian Mbappe had to say after the game. Um, our players have to be in good health for the return leg. Everyone needs to eat and sleep well. <laughs> They're not comfortable when we play attacking football. There is room to qualify. Uh, this is a, a direct show at Neymar, surely, isn't it, Jules? I don't know. Kylian didn't name anyone. It could have been me or
6: you, maybe, because he knows you don't eat well or don't sleep well. No,
1: don't cover this up. Just moments ago, you were talking about Neymar partying, and then all of a sudden, you've got Kylian Mbappe coming out and saying, we need to eat and sleep well. Mm. Goodness me. You did not let, let clue so to put those you two clues together. Finish. Do you didn't let me finish?
6: By the way, the party, there was two parties, one on Saturday night in Paris right. and one on Sunday night in Bougival in Neymar's garden. Uh, but, Which one were you yeah, at, I think we all, I mean, we, I think we all understand understood last night when Kylian said, and, and again, for the people who don't maybe watch the show regularly, Kylian Mbappé is a master of knowing exactly what he wants to say and at the right time and having his message go through all the time. So you know exactly who, that there was a target for that and who we know who the target is exactly. And we know the beef that happened between Mbappé and the target before, now, in the next few weeks, the next few months. But I, I just thought for Mbappé straight after the game to come out with that punchline was amazing.
2: I'm listening at- I don't think many of us have been advocates of Mbappe's stances, his tantrums, maybe his, his power-hungry moments. However, I think this is, a, this is a time where I would be like, yeah, you know, if the manager needs a word in your ear, his ear, about the antics and about the lack of performance. And I think if it had been me and my team had been struggling and we might have been gone out and somebody's not carrying their weight, not that they're playing badly. Right. But they're not preparing themselves properly as well. I think I would I'd like to think players would be having a
1: word. But, but what's incredible is that it's, he's having to go a veteran player, uh, like Frank. Obviously, if it was Benzema talking about Vinicius Jr., for example, you could see the reason why he's been doing that. This is Mbappe against Neymar. Yeah, but
5: because, because Mbappe showed yesterday when he came on that he's uh, the best player and he can make the difference. So he, he knows his position. Uh, and it doesn't depend on his age, on his uh, experience. You know, he wants Paris Saint-Germain to go well, where some others don't. Well, think really care about that. He, he has a he has a dream. He wants to bring uh, Paris Saint-Germain to the Champions League and win the Champions League. Uh, and uh, and he wants to force everybody to to be uh, tuned in, which is not the case. And. Uh, You know, uh, I like his personality. I like the fact that he defends the club and he wants to make sure that everybody's going to be spot on. Well, he could have talked about uh, Neymar, but he could have talked about Soler as well. I mean, Soler was completely invisible in that game as well. Mm. Uh, Even if I think it was, uh, yeah, it was dedicated to Neymar,
1: of course. And what's, what's striking, Ali, is just how good... Mbappe is. Right. Well, you know, when you talked about this three-pronged attack of Mbappe, Messi and
3: Neymar, you thought, well, they're all going to come. But he is just so much better. So I'm going to be glass half full when it comes to PSG, which is very difficult to do. Yep. But if I'm looking at the quote, and while he may be sending the message to Neymar, hey, you got to sleep well and you got to eat well. The following line in which he says, and referring to Bayern Munich, they're uncomfortable when we go on the attack, they're uncomfortable when they have to defend us. And they are uncomfortable, and they showed how uncomfortable they were when Mbappe was willing to get in behind, and Messi's playing that ball in behind, which then plays into the rhetoric that we have shared so far, and that is, you don't play Neymar, you mirror as best as you possibly can what Argentina was doing with Messi, even though you may not have the same quality of players, you have Messi in front of the midfield, and then Mbappe being the one threat. Because the one threat that he is, I think is enough to break down Bayern Munich. As good as we may think Bayern Munich may have been, or as dominant as they may have been, they didn't look electric.
5: Mm.
3: Uh, They didn't look explosive. The moments of electricity in this game came from Kylian Mbappe when he was on the field in the last 30 minutes. That change of pace, that power, if he's, felt, if he's healthy and if he's fit, again, i go glass half full. PSG have a chance because Bayern Munich didn't do enough to put this away. When you think of the players that can make a difference on the field for both teams, Mbappe's at the top of the list for both teams. You're going PSG- against the Bundesliga again, Ali. Well, I didn't say that. I'm saying <laughs> that there is a chance. There's a chance, Dan. <laughs> They're in such a predicament at the moment.
2: PSG that there's just no way they're going to outplay this Bayern side. And this Bayern side, as Jules said, they're not not at their best. Since the World Cup, they've been picking results up, particularly uh, a few days ago. But even Nagelsmann said at the end of it, he says, we just didn't play well. But you're still not going to outplay them because this PSG side are not good enough. So the one chance you're going to have is some sort of link-up between the midfield, Stroke Messi and Mbappe in behind. That really is where they're they throwing all their dices. They haven't got many other avenues to go down. They're just not good enough at the moment to do that. So it's gonna be intriguing the decision that the yeah. Gultier makes. And and but I get a feeling even even if he does that and it doesn't come off his time just seems to be well, like,
1: Jules, Jules has had enough. like the rest of them. It's coming to an end. <laughs> oh, Jules. Uh, let's have a look at how the bookies have things set. Remember, Bayern were favourites anyway going into this tie. They are now eight to one on you. have Got eight dollars on to win just the one. PSG five to one. Uh, Jules, who's going through? I, I
7: want See to it.
6: hope, of course. And then look, Ali is right. <laughs> and that's the, the the article I wrote last night for the for the website. It's like. Kylian is the only hope, but, but we knew that before. Again, this is not new. Kylian is the only hope. If he's fully fit in three weeks' time. You know, at, being at the stadium, when he came on, you, you, as the, the stadium erupted because everybody in the stadium, as a PSG fan, knew that finally something would happen and that he could make the difference. But you also felt the fear. I mean, Nagelsmann was panicking on the touchline. he was making his like, gesture, let's change this, let's do this, De Ligt, you do this, Upamekan. all of that, and it would, be, it would be even worse if he starts the second leg, even if he's at the, at the Allianz Arena, so it would be fascinating, but yeah, of course I want to believe, they, they can do it.
1: Uh, thank you very much, uh, Jules, uh, just a reminder, a lot more from uh, Jules on the Gab, are you, you going to be together, Jules, tomorrow, you and Gab? Yes, yes, finally together again, yeah. There you are. Get out of the big chair. Uh, Be sure to check it out over on the website. (laughs) La Liga action then continues this weekend. Real Madrid play on Saturday and Pamplona away against Osasuna on Sunday. Barca against Cadiz. All of these games live on ESPN+. Before Barca's clash against Cadiz, of course, there's the little matter of Manchester United in the Europa League, I tell you what, Barca have been exceptional this season at home. 22 wins out of 26 matches, and they've been scoring goals for fun. Uh, they've only lost one. This is again that was against Real Madrid. This is in La Liga. This is in Spain. Domestic competitions, obviously in the Champions League, they've been terrible. Hence, they're in the Europa League. Uh, the front page of Sports says um, a European examination to the new Barcelona. Yeah, examines in yes. Barca. Yeah, that's exactly what I said, pretty well, much. You're all over it. There we are. Get uh, right no idea. problem then. Waste of uh,
2: five years in Spain, that <laughs> <was>. <laughs> Despite Stevie poo pooing this game. Yeah, well, it should be brilliant, uh, shouldn't it? You know, the Europa, with all respect, Europa League normally yes. you know, it gets to the final and the semis, but generally, you're. Know, yeah. But this game. Yeah. You know, Barcelona don't want. Neither of these sides want to be in there. I think Barca just edge it in terms of being favourites, for sure. But United are in a much better position, obviously, this year under 10 high. have got Rashford still scoring goals for fun. Uh, defensively, they look quite solid as well. Uh, yeah, I mean, it is going to be a, a real test of, of both teams. But just edging towards Barcelona because of their form. There's so many little subplots go, yeah. going in, into this, Ali. The biggest of which
3: is these are two of the most informed teams in Europe at the moment going head-to-head. And I'll take it even a step further. When you think of some of the most productive or informed players, not only in Europe, but in the world, you have to think of Marcus Rashford. When you think of perhaps over the last month or so, the best defensive team in Europe, you don't think Barcelona, but you look at the numbers and you better start thinking Barcelona. Barcelona, and, and this is a stat that we've thrown around quite often, has only allowed seven goals so far in La Liga, seven goals in 21 matches. Defensively, this is a different type of team. Usually, we think of Barcelona as, as, uh, as a team that has the outside backs getting high up the field. And you'll have that down the left-hand side with Alejandro Valde. You'll have that with Jordi Alba as well, whoever plays. But you don't have it down the right. Jules Koundé plays on that side. He doesn't get forward. And he matches the speed of Marcus Rashford. If he gets beyond Jules Koundé, He's going to go with speed against Ronald Araujo, who has been, in my opinion, the best defender in La Liga. And he is athletic enough to stay with the speed of Marcus Rashford. So you think of Manchester United and what they want to do is get out in transition, perhaps absorb some pressure, get out in transition. Well, this is a different version of Barcelona that actually has addressed... Those issues of, of transition. That's where I see Barcelona being a favourite because they can do enough in the attack, but they have defended so well that has been impressive.
2: I'm not sure if Veghorst is. I think he's eligible. I'm not sure if he can play or not. I think he can. He's been playing recently. No, but my point is, he shouldn't. I don't think so because for that, for those reasons, you know, Barcelona, Barcelona will obviously try and dominate. Mm. So the one test he got for them is pace. No, they've handled it, as Ali said, pretty well. But Rashford in behind, Garnacho yep. in behind, whoever it is. The one thing they'll... They, I think you they don't want to... play, by the way. Yeah. The one thing you don't want to give them is just a big guy up front who's not going to run in behind. Right. I think they need people that can run in behind. I think it's per- perfect for Rashford and people with pace. That's going to be their only outball as Barcelona dominate the game. And we'll be interested to see what Ten Hag... Uh, his team selection is. And it's going to be a great atmosphere at the camp now, kind of rejuvenated
1: from what they've seen from Xavi's <clears> side <throat> since the World Cup Jules. This should be a cracker.
6: It should be amazing, really. So much history as well between the two clubs, of course, Champions League finals. I mean, even one Champions League final that Manchester United won, of course, against Bayern in that STEM stadium. So, so much history, the Frankie de Jong derby. Of course, yeah. for, for all the chase that United had in the summer to try to poach him uh, and then f- finally staying there and, and doing really well now. That The, the four midfielders that Xavi plays now, uh, which really did uh, uh, in, the, in the Super Cup, that has worked so well, I think benefits Frankie so well and so much. And Pedri as well, in the form that he is, we saw the lovely goal that he scored against Villarreal at the weekend. So really, like you said, great forms for the two teams, the best defense in Europe against maybe the most in for- forwards in Europe in Marcus Trashford. It should be great. And let's not forget, there's a second leg to come next yeah. week as well at Old Trafford, which is make as well, you know, those kind of games, you see them twice. It's, it's brilliant.
1: Yeah, perfect, Jules. Thank you very much, as always, for uh, joining us, uh, Jules. Uh, just for a, a reminder of ESPN FC with you. Throughout the week, we'll be looking back at that game on the next edition of the show. Carabao Cup final includes Manchester United. Of course, not long to go now. February the 26th, Newcastle taking on Ten Hag's side. We'll be live at Wembley at 11.30 Eastern on ESPN+.
7: Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And...
1: Championship continues then on Friday. Cardiff uh, taking on Reading. Cardiff with a new coach in charge that can turn around their fortunes. Coverage starts 3 p.m. break Remember when we went to the uh,
3: barbecue place in Cardiff? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Not my favorite. <laughs> Oh, I forgot about that,
2: that was fun. <laughs> the smokehouse. And who, and who did we let like choose that? <laughs> the freaking <laughs> producer.
1: What did Gav have, like a, what was it, peanut butter peanut martini? Peanut butter
3: martini and he killed it and he was... All the restaurants wow. we went in. Oh,
1: uh, uh, that was brilliant, oh, there we go, that is it. Uh, that brings us to the end of today's show. Frank and Nadem though, have been patient. Uh, w- waiting to come back on as Extra Time is next. Welcome in, then, to the latest edition of Extra Time. Ali and Craig here with us in the studio. We also welcome Nadem and Frank to the show. First two tweets come kind of the same. Let's do the first two tweets back to back, shall we? Will Chelsea ever score again? Will Chelsea ever win <laughs> the, the, the two tweets back to back? How are you feeling, Frank, about Chelsea? <clears throat>
5: Uh, very much disappointed, but uh, not at all hopeless. That the future is going to be brighter than, it, than the present is. Uh, I, I think uh, it's uh, it's uh, it's an off season. I don't expect anything from Chelsea uh, this season, and I'm uh, I'm going to going to follow what's going to happen during the summertime and uh, and maybe new signings, people leaving, and maybe having uh, a very competitive team. But I don't expect anything from Chelsea.
1: Some would say that you haven't particularly been a, a supporter and ambassador of Chelsea, that you should have been given what the club has given you in the past, Frank. Wow. Coming out, having a go at Potter, having a go at Cucurella. Where's your loyalty? Where's your love for the club, Frank?
5: Yeah. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not a fan. Uh, I was a fo- former football player playing for Chelsea with whole uh, honesty and, uh, and honour uh, about that. But I have to. I'm not blind, and I have to do my job for ESPN FC, oh, you know, okay. in in a in a good way and with professionalism. So when I see something, and I think it's I'm legit to talk about it, and it's not nice for the club that I love. I have to say it because that's only the truth, and uh, that's what my, I have to do for you, Mr. Dan Thomas, because always you're always there to ask me the right question, to put me into trouble.
1: We know who do that. you think is hated more, you or Craig now? Do you fine, think it's still don't, Craig? Don't humour him.
5: Oh yeah, Craig forever. Greg is, uh, he's, uh,
2: he's busted. Listen, he's, uh, trust me. If, I, if anybody even comes up on the, if anybody even comes up on the rails, I'll just up my game. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> I'll just have to up my game. There was that ball, You see, wasn't that's there? the Who's only the most one. Hated like, yeah. Ex- and they the against When you have the question before, you, so you, you know so you who's win. gonna
5: go through? Al <laughs> Ali said he's go, we go, Chelsea's gonna go through, Jules as yeah. well. And we know yes. Jules is an Arsenal fan. I say he's gonna go through. Who's the only one who say Chelsea's not gonna go through? <laughs> Oh, so Craig you Yeah, they, yeah. yeah,
2: no. they pulled. I finished. I was rather disappointed. You finished second to Chris Sutton. I finished you? second in the most hated ex players to Chris Sutton, but I then later found out that people were voting for Chris because they knew I wanted to win.
1: Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but I think Chris wanted to win as well? A, a, a double edged sword
2: of it all. Why does everyone hate you? Uh, what? <clears throat> everyone? Yes. <laughs> <It's> in life. <laughs> it's quite a simple thing in this business we're in. Yes. With, uh, with. Uh, Supporters, unless you're telling them what they want to hear yeah, They're not interested They've right. got blinkers on You yeah. don't see the perspective yeah. from other clubs They only see it from their angle yeah. So it'll never change, never has Nade no. him up saying Manchester City fans Saying he definitely thinks Arsenal's going to win wow.
1: the title on wow. today Wow, wow. wow. <laughs> wow. Uh,
5: you, you, you screwed my friend You know, you're going to suffer <laughs>
4: that <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, that's it. Uh, for Ali, are you Adiemi or Enzo on the goal? <laughs> Definitely not Adiemi.
3: <laughs> no chance I'm Adiemi. Honestly, by the time I got to where Adiemi is about to make the move on Enzo Fernandez, I probably would have cut back and wait for somebody to catch up so that we can actually play yeah. together. There was no opportunity for me to get beyond any of these players. But Enzo Fernandez does a mistake when he dives in, and then diving in, He's done. Nader, you know, we've talked about this before. You were one of the fastest what boys in the world
1: when you were growing up. So you kind of think, yeah. well, why did you not why did you not evolve then to become a striker or fast attacker as opposed to a defender?
4: Well, I think we all know the answer to that one, Dan. It's because I couldn't finish. That's the problem. Uh, you know, can have all speed in the world. But yeah, thank yeah. you very much for allowing me to express myself in that manner. Yeah, uh, yeah, it was quick, but lo and behold, ended up as a defender. I clearly wasn't good enough at scoring goals. So yeah, next thing I have to try and stop them. Didn't do that well either, but still, here we are.
1: Oh God! Yeah, I didn't I mean, 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 mean this. Yes, to take I, know, this I know. I got it really start.
2: negative, not real quick. <laughs> no, I wasn't. that to sounds- so be nice. <laughs> Listen, you're, this segment was not going well for you. <laughs> it's not what I'm you Started it off with some nonsense, and you've just carried it on. Uh, for the boys, <clears throat> uh, Right, Let's go for Craig. Uh,
1: for the boys, it seemed obvious in the second half that Arsenal desperately missed Thomas Partey and his athleticism in the middle of the park. Do you think this match would have gone differently
2: with him in the starting eleven? Well, I mean, it's like saying are Arsenal better or worse with Thomas Partey? They're better with Thomas Partey. Of course they are. That's not the question, though, is it? Well, that's the answer I'm giving you. (laughs) you.
3: I can't answer that. I think the answer is probably not. No. Yeah, because no, Thomas Partey doesn't account for the mistake of Tomiyasu. Right. Doesn't account for the mistake but of Maybe Gabriel. he's more protective of everyone. Well, sure, but he's not getting to the ball that Tomiyasu played back or the ball that Gabriel lost. Right. I understand the concept and the idea and what we're trying to get to, but those mistakes were very game-defining and they were far away from wherever Thomas Partey would have been. I'm really glad when you did that protective thing that yes. you did there. yeah. I'm really glad, glad the
2: camera never cut to you. Why? Because you looked like a right Muppet. <laughs> well, you just did it. <laughs> More protective, smarter. <laughs> I'm looking at it.
1: Just because you've had a haircut. <laughs> and for Nadim, Silver Fox. Is Bernardo the best all-round player in the world right now? Well, he's not a good defender. <laughs> <laughs>
4: uh yeah i don't know i think i, I think he's for, for me he's probably city's best player in terms of attack and defense obviously not as a left back nor as a center back but he you know he he does what he does you know i think he's a very very good football player the way he reads the game the way he can dribble past people and eye for a pass you know even the reverse ball to harlan for i think the second goal you know that's real top quality but again i prefer to see him as far away from the defensive line as possible yeah. but then he just goes to show he tried it today i think Pep Guardiola did an interview after the game and they asked him what did he think was wrong with the, fir- with the first half and he said he tried something new and it was horrible. So, thankfully, we're not going to see that again. And I like the, the honesty about it because it's a waste of someone like uh, Bernardo Silva.
1: Yeah, but, but you had 45 minutes of
4: horribleness.
1: Why didn't he make the change earlier?
4: Well, I, listen, Dan, all right, I've got no coaching badges. I don't know what I'm talking about. So, what, what do you want me to say? Like, I've decided... That's what yeah. he wants to do, and in the end, I guess it works. So yeah, there we go. More for you. He did the
2: same thing at Chelsea, though, didn't he? First 45, one of the games, yes. just tinkering yeah. around with people all over the shop and then went, ah, that's not working, Right. let's go back. Yeah. He just For some reason, he does these things, but wasn't it great to see the little
3: tit-for-tat with De Bruyne and Arteta? Oh, we got a question on that in a moment, calm down. Hey,
2: it, that's it, coming up.
3: The situation with uh, Bernardo Silva actually reminded me of my national team coach. We're in quarterfinals of Copa America 2011. We're playing against Chile. We're up 2-1. Yes. I'm coming off the bench. I'm thinking that I'm going to go up top and just hold the ball up, whatever. And I said, I've seen you play as a right midfielder. And I'm like, first of all, I've never played as a right Right. midfielder. Never, ever in the history, ever. Somehow he thought he had seen me play. And I certainly didn't think that it was the time to put me in, in a position that I've never played quarterfinals finals no, of, a, of a tournament of that importance. Levels. No, my, well, when it's only 20 minutes to play, I can keep up. But it, it reminded me of that. And, and you still go in and do the job. I imagine that Bernardo Silva was asked to play left-back or left-outside-back, and he's like, okay, I suppose you do it. But you know full well what you're doing. It's like, this is not comfortable. Yeah. I, this doesn't feel natural. And and why are we doing this right now in, this, in such a big game? It doesn't feel right at all. Did you win? We won. Did you do anything? Oh, I did. I was, I was perfect with uh, my passing. It, it leads us actually
1: into our next question. Any guesses as to Pep's thoughts process in playing Bernardo as a left back? How did you react when a manager asked you to play in a position you wouldn't normally? Didn't you have to play in a weird position for Scotland?
2: Like, well, I, I played centre half. Yeah. Uh, to fill in. Right. In a World Cup qualifier in Belarus, hated it. Yeah. Just because you're not normally. You used to score. Are them. there no other centre halves that could be better than you? There was centre-half, worryingly for the other centre-halves, <laughs> there was centre-halves in the squad. <laughs> God, you'd be really annoyed, would you, if Burley's put in ahead of you when you've never played in that Central position? midfielder, wing-back. The well, One of the worst ones was, uh, and it was uh, Craig Brown, who was my Scotland manager. At the end of my career, when he was managing Preston, we went to play Ipswich, and he asked me to do a man-marking job on Jim Magelton. Well, Jim's a good guy, but I looked at him and I went, how long have you known me? right <laughs> man marking job on Jim Magelton I might as well hang my boots up now right horrible yeah so yeah just, just
4: these things happen you
1: know? uh, Nadam have you ever been asked to play in a weird position
4: uh, yeah the only one for me I played three games at left back one time it's one of the weirdest experiences I've ever had because you so I was used to play right back or centre back and I'm always used to seeing things in a certain manner then all of a sudden I'm on this other side, I'm trying to hold a line for opening up in a way which I've never done before. So that was quite strange, especially when the opposition was showing me onto my left foot at a time when I didn't really want to be using it. So yeah, that was <laughs> <laughs> that was kind of different. Um, but yeah, thankfully it only lasted for two, three games. I don't know if that's because I played so badly or if it was just my right. left back came back in. But you know, either way, I did what I, did what I needed to do. <laughs> Frank?
5: Well, I even had a a shorter experience uh, uh, as a right-back, you know, than Nedam had on on the left-back. I played like, I think, uh, 40 minutes uh, at Highbury against uh, Arsenal when Gianluca put me uh, as a right-back. And I pretended, I think I had a problem on my toe and uh, like that I would be substituted and uh, and uh, put the shame out of me, you know, playing in that position, I was completely lost. I couldn't understand how you can play with a line there and you couldn't go right, you only had to go left. That was impossible <laughs> for me. That was, uh, I was awful. And um, I think uh, I helped my team getting out.
3: <laughs> so he faked an injury, is this yeah, one? Yeah, faked an injury. Wow. Oh, well, Frank. Breaking news. why oh, Hit him? Well, oh. yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. More <laughs> Chelsea coming your <laughs> Where's the dedication to the <laughs> Yeah, shirts? but you know, you know
5: what? You know what? I sacrificed myself. Otherwise, Gianluca would have never put me out. You know, and it would have been worse. So no, uh, that was no, right no, no one's buying that story.
1: <laughs> <think>. <laughs> yeah, you're What's right. Ke- you're right. The, yeah. This on the Kevin De Bruyne. So obviously the ball went out of play. Kevin went. Kevin De Bruyne went to pick it up. Arteta kicked it away, and then he pushed Arteta. Mm, yep. uh, was KDB wrong for pushing Arteta? No, nope. no, no, no. I mean,
2: is everybody just too friendly? <laughs> I mean, no, no, I, I, I don't think they are. As compared to whom? Well, no, I mean, <laughs> yeah. they you saw them after the game, it's all nonsense. I would have sho- It's just. I mean, yep. didn't shove him hard enough? Right. He went to get the ball, and look, Arteta's doing what he wants to do. But I don't have a problem with it. Naiden.
5: Well, that was, nice. that was nice what they did at the end, no? But they the shook hands, you know, it was like, yeah. it was for oh, Craig didn't like that, beat, oh, ate oh, that oh, bit.
2: <laughs> Drive away,
5: yeah. there you go.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, push him, whatever, it makes no difference. I think they know that it's just the heat of the battle. And ultimately, right. what he's going to do otherwise, he's just going to wait for Arteta to give him the ball back. So just take as long as you want, Mikael, take as long as you need, I'll just wait here, don't worry about the flow of the game, it's fine. Just get the ball, get playing, push whoever wherever you want. Nothing's going to happen, it's football at the end of the day, isn't it?
1: Anyway, what about Sergio Ramos pushing the photographer, Frank? Has that got much coverage? What? Sorry? I didn't understand a word of what you were saying. Sorry. (laughs) What are you saying? Sergio Ramos, who plays for PSG, shoved a photographer out the way during that defeat. I was just wondering if that has got a lot of coverage in the French media.
5: No, and I don't read (laughs) French media. Right, you know, I don't really keep. I, never, I don't care. I don't care, really.
1: Uh, uh, what do you bring to the table these days, Frank? <laughs> so, there may have been coverage. We'll never know. We'll never know. That is it. No, you Frank will never know. <laughs> <laughs> Any photos <laughs> of it? Yes, there's a video of it.
2: I'm being sarcastic.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, because it's a
2: photographer. Hey. Oh.
1: There
4: you go. Five,
1: four,
4: <laughs> three,
2: two, one. Well, for the penny two,
1: to drop. One, there it is. The... Yes, very good. Come <laughs> go on, get on, mate. We, we got, got... shoved, hey. <laughs> so. Craig, is Arsenal starting to miss Jesus. Build up seems okay, but no one to finish it off. And Ketter, of course, had a few chances today, didn't he? Yeah,
2: but he's done really well. Just. He's not the only one. But yeah, they could do with getting them back. Right. Squad, I don't know what he's When's time. he coming back, Frank? What does the keep say? <laughs>
5: Uh, they say very soon because they know oh. they know nothing so they lie and so <laughs> they just say it's coming back tomorrow <laughs> oh, okay well thank you Nicky. thank you very much <laughs>
1: uh, that, is, that is it we are done thank you very much uh, we will be back tomorrow to reflect on Manchester United oh. against Barcelona in the Europa League Stevie's here he's not bothered he's oh. not <laughs> horrible
7: it's <laughs> horrible game horrible game <laughs> who wants to watch that we're driven by the search for better But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is to not search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging, so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster – 93%